Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. Today, I'm going to take a few moments and I'm going to talk to you about being a five-tier leader, a five-tier leader. But before we jump into the lesson, I want to remind you that I have some roundtables that are coming up. These are interactive moments where we cover leadership thought and we really dig down and get into the depth of leadership. And I would love to get to meet you and to have you at one of these roundtables. I have three that are coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, one in Toronto, Canada. It is just at a great location and a great uh, environment, and you're going to enjoy this so much. Also, I have one that's just outside the Oakland area, and it is a dynamic group of people that are coming together for that roundtable. And then I have another one in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So those are my three that are coming up next. I would love to be able to meet you, to say hi to you. The roundtables are are a great experience where you grow in your leadership capacity. If you'd like to know more about it, all you've got to do is go to Gerald Brooks Ministries. Uh, com. And if you'll go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, uh, you'll just find that uh, there's places you can sign up. It also gives you all of my uh, various resources that are available to you. But again, I want to talk to you about being a five-tier leader. The truth of the matter is, is there just aren't many five-tier leaders, but five-tier leaders always stand out. In fact, let me just give you a few that are five-tier leaders. John Maxwell would be one of those individuals that's a dear friend of mine, and he would definitely be a five-tier leader. There's also Chris Hodges, very dynamic in his leadership. He's a five-tier leader. And then Dale Bronner. Uh, Dale would be the epitome. He would be the poster child of just what a five-tier leader looks like and does. And he has all of the attributes. Well, if you're going to be a five-tier leader, then one of the things is you always get to be in settings and environments where your leadership stands out. Recently, I was invited by a very, very dear friend to an event. Now, this event involved my friend being inducted into a very, very special uh, club of people. In fact, the club of people he's been invited into, there are only 700 of them that have ever been invited over many, many years, and yet he was. So let me just describe what it was like to be in the room. First of all, I was in a room that I didn't belong in. The leaders around me were very proficient, very effective leaders, and in all honesty, it was a room that I didn't belong in, and it was just a room that because of the relationship, I got to be in. Now, that being said, if you're ever in a room you don't belong in, let me give you two rules. First of all, listen more than you talk. Listen more than you talk. When you're in those rooms, it's not the time for you to be talking. It's the time for you to listen. Another thing is always watch and learn because if you'll watch the people around you, you'll learn a lot. And that's what happened at this particular meeting. And it really inspired me 
to think of five-tier leaders, leaders that lead on the highest level, leaders who lead in the greatest ways, leaders who have the most profound impact, five-tier leaders. Let me give you the tiers that a five-tier leader works through. Number one is integrity. They answer the character question. See, if you're going to be a five-tier leader, you learn that you have to build inwardly before you build outwardly, that you have to build down before you ever build up. And what five-tier leaders understand is that what can't be seen by others must not be neglected by what can be seen. See, we live in a society where people want to be noticed. But five-tier leaders recognize that the most profound areas that they lead in are the leadership that they have in areas that people will never see, areas that people will never notice. They lead on the inside out. They lead down more than up. They've learned that integrity, the character question, has to be answered. Now, let me illustrate this by talking about my friendship with John Maxwell. I've watched John up close and from a distance for nearly 30 years now. I can remember sitting in an airport in Atlanta. He's about to fly out. I'm about to fly out, but we're just sitting there. And I'm watching John and I'm looking at him. And in his shirt pocket, and this is many years ago, he has a little piece of paper. Now, this paper he pulls out periodically and he writes something on and he puts it back. I look at John and I say, John, what are you doing? What are you writing? He says, I'm writing the high points of my day. I'm writing who I talked to, who I spent time with, the general idea of what we talked about. I said, John, is this so that you can remember it? He said, no, it's so that I can include Margaret. See, Margaret, his wife, wasn't there. But he went on to say that every evening before he goes to bed, when he's on the road, what he does is he pulls out that sheet of paper and he talks to Margaret. And he says, today I did this. Today I talked to this person. Today I spent time. Here are some of the things that we talked about. And I said, well, John, why do you do that? He said, if you're going to lead well, you have to include those that you love. And even though they may not be present, you have to make them present. I remember how remarkable that sounded to me. Because one of the things you see in our society is a lot of people who could be high potential leaders, they fell at leadership because they mess up with the people that are closest to them. They don't know how to have integrity when those people aren't around. Yet John had created a way to maintain integrity and values with the person that he cared for the most down here on earth. And that was to make sure that he included her in his day. Now, that's always been a takeaway for me because as I travel, I always want to include Jenny in my day. And I'll be honest with you. There are times when I talk to Jenny and she may not necessarily want to know all the details, and that's fine. 
But from my standpoint, one of the things that I have to do as a leader is to make sure she has that. And someone would say, well, what does that have to do with integrity? It has everything to do with integrity. See, you have to build protocols and processes into your life. You've got to create protocols and processes so that you don't do something that you will regret in life. And what John was doing that day was he was creating a firewall around his most important relationship. He was making sure, one, he was always mindful of Margaret. Two, Margaret was involved in what he was doing and that there wasn't a separation that could ever create a fault line in their relationship. See, five-tier leaders create protocols that enhance their ability to have integrity. They put protocols in place. In fact, they put three kinds of protocols, heart protocols, those protocols that deal with the interior of life, head protocols, those things that deal with thoughts and planning and life, and holistic protocols, those things that are just a part of every day, how you're going to function in life. See, every leader who is going to be a five-tier leader knows that you cannot build higher than you build deeper. You cannot build wider and greater unless you've built the interior. And so five-tier leaders answer the character question, and they answer the question that no one is ever asking them. Are you making sure that the protocols are in place? That day as a young leader, I walked away from that airport and I'd learned something. You protect what's important, but it doesn't get protected by accident. It has to be something you've planned for. Integrity isn't something you accidentally fall into. Integrity is a lifestyle that you've intentionally planned for. Five-tier leaders, they build in before they build out. Secondly, consistency. Five-tier leaders, they repeat good over and over again. They repeat good over and over again. One of the things that I'm convinced about is that success is boring. Can you do the right things over and over again? Can you do the right things over and over again. See, five-tier leaders are more than accidentally good. Five-tier leaders are more than occasionally good. See, the difference between good and great is that great is doing good over and over again. Five-tier leaders have mastered the skill of consecutive performance. They know how to connect and have consecutive performance. A lot of people can be good one day of the month or one day of the week or one day of the year, but five-tier leaders have learned to be good every day. And when you do good every day, eventually someone says you're great. You won't ever have to say it. You're just too busy doing good day after day. Let me 
illustrate this. In history, uh, there is a man named uh, Raoul Amundsen. He was an individual that um, was able to get to the very center of Antarctica, the South Pole. He was the first individual there that he led a group of people on this amazing journey. Now, the interesting thing is that he had a plan for them to get to the center based on the resources they had, the manpower they had. He knew that they had to travel 15 miles a day. So his plan was every day we're going to travel 15 miles. We're going to get up and we're going to travel 15 miles. But the thing about it was some days would be blizzard conditions. But even if it was a blizzard, they were going to travel 15 days a mile. Some days were going to be easy days. On those days, they would travel 15 miles a day. So he had it set up that every day they're going to travel 15 miles a day. And so they put together a plan, 15 miles a day. It didn't matter what the day was, didn't matter what the weather was, didn't matter what was going on. That was their goal, 15 miles a day. See, what Raul Amundsen knew was that their discipline determined their day. Their day didn't determine their discipline. And that's what five-tier leaders know is that every day their discipline determines their day. Well, it doesn't look like a good day. That's all right. I'll be disciplined. Well, it doesn't seem like a good day. That's all right. I'll be disciplined. Well, today's a good day. All right. I'll be disciplined. See, five-tier leaders understand that you don't let the day determine your discipline. You let your discipline determine your day. And that's key. Five-tier leaders are constantly doubling down on the discipline in their life, and their discipline determines their day. Their day never determines their discipline. Number three, responsibility. Five-tier leaders own their gifts. Five-tier leaders own their gifts. It's interesting that in sports, there is a term called lazy talent. Now, the term lazy talent is taken from um, the idea that there are people who are highly talented and they have high proficiency that they naturally do things very, very well, but they're lazy. And what they say in sports, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, basketball, is there's nothing more common than lazy discipline. Someone who is immensely talented but their talent exceeds their discipline. But five-tier leaders, they know that they are responsible for their gift. They are responsible. They own what they do. So if they're good at writing, they own it. If they're good at speaking, they own it. If they are good at relating, they own it. Whatever they are good at, whatever their gift mix is, whatever their gift territory looks like, wherever they are gifted, they own it. They're owners. They take responsibility for their talent. They make sure that talent isn't wasted because they're lazy. They 
own it. They keep doing over and over so they get max capacity out of the gift that they possess. Responsibility. They own their gift. Number four, legacy. When they walk out of the room, it's better because they were there. It's sort of the old adage. When you walk in the room, do people say, oh, God, they're here? Or do they say, thank God, they're coming? What is the expression? A lot of people, when they walk in the room, everyone's saying, oh, God, they're here. But when you walk in a room, people need to say, thank God, you're here. See, legacy is a part of the five-tier development system. When they walk out of the room, it's better because they were there. Let me illustrate it this way. I remember many years ago, I had uh, one of those unique leadership opportunities, and it was listening to the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, at this time, the Atlanta Falcons had just been bought and the Atlanta Falcons had just been taken over by new ownership. Now, this GM is, of course, new because he's been brought in by the new owner and they are trying to build this franchise, this football team. The question was asked, what was your biggest struggle as you began to convert from an old regime of how they functioned and how you function. And he said it was simple. He said, we would draft people that we had high confidence in. They were highly talented. They were highly gifted. They were people who possessed everything as far as inwardly and outwardly to help elevate the team, the organization. Now, as they began to work, they said, we succeeded. Whenever the coaches were in the room, the assistant coaches in the room, we would create the dynamic. This was a team that was going somewhere. But he went on, he said, our problem in those first couple of years was this. We couldn't control who the leaders were when we were not in the room. Get that. We couldn't control who the leaders were when we were not in the room. He said, we had some old veterans that had been a part of the team before. And when we would leave the room, they would immediately take everything we've built up and they would tear it down. Anything that we had put into people, they would take it out. And he said, we had to learn that our biggest problem wasn't our ability to lead when we were in the room. It was our ability to lead when we were out of the room. We had to develop leaders when we were not in the room. What is he saying? If you're a leader, it's not your leadership gift when your presence that makes the makes the difference, but it is whether you have produced leadership when you walk out of that room. He said, after the first year or two, we were convinced there were people we needed to move on, but we had to develop leaders within the room. Well, here's what I can tell you. If you run into a five-tier leader, a five-tier leader, you can always track back to them. Just look at the leaders they've left behind. 
They will grow leaders, and these leaders will lead when they're not there, when they're not present, when they're not in the room. They will lead because five-tier leaders, they are legacy-oriented. When I'm not in the room, I'm going to produce leaders so that those leaders are taking the organization, the team, the goal, the mission, the purpose, and they are elevating it because they have created leaders. So – We've talked about four qualities of a five-tier leader, integrity, consistency, responsibility, and legacy. The fifth one, spirituality. Five-tier leaders live for something bigger than this world. They live for something bigger than this world. What I can tell you is, is that keeping score down here We're all going to get it wrong. Why? Because we don't see everything we need to see. We don't know everything we need to know. And what happens is in leadership, we just have to learn that we can't keep score. Because if we keep score down here, we'll always feel like we're losing. God keeps score in a very simple way. Does your life Does your contribution, do the things you do, do they make heaven bigger? That's the one thing. God wants to know if you're going to lead, do the things that you do, do they ultimately make heaven bigger? Now, here's what I can tell you about the three leaders I mentioned at the beginning, John Maxwell, Chris Hodges, and Del Bronner. Each of them have busy schedules. Can I tell you, when you have a lot to do, it can distract you. Each of them have large organizations of people. Can I tell you that when you have large organizations of people, they can distract you? See, we think that the more profound we grow in leadership, there will be less distractions. One of the things that hurts so many leaders is, is their success creates distractions. Get that. They've succeeded. So they now have more things to do to distract them. They've succeeded. They now have more people working around them to distract them. But here's what you find about five-tier leaders. They don't let success distract them from significance. They do not let the success that they've achieved distract them from the significance of what they can do. They do not do that. See, teams can create distractions. Organizations can create distractions. People can create distractions. But five-tier leaders, they keep their eye on the ball. Doesn't matter how big the organization is, their eye's going to be on the ball. Doesn't matter how many things are going on, their eye's going to be on the ball. They are never going to lose sight of the ultimate goal. They will not let success be the reason they fail. And more people fail to succeed, but a lot of people succeed 
and then they fail because success is their first step to failure. They get distracted by it. They get distracted by the accolades. They get distracted by the titles. They get distracted by the schedules. They get distracted by the people. They get distracted. But five-tier leaders, they live for something bigger. They don't let the earthly scorecard distract them from what counts in heaven. In the Bible, there's only three times that we see a party being thrown. It's when someone lost is found. It's when someone who was a prodigal returns home. And it's when the whole family is together. If that's what heaven parties about, then that's what we need to be excited about. So five-tier leaders, let me give it to you this way. They have integrity. They've answered the character question. Consistency. They repeat good over and over again. Responsibility. They own their gifts. Legacy. When they walk out of the room, it's better because they were there. And spirituality. They live for something bigger than down here. Those are five-tier leaders. My prayer is, is that everyone listening to this, that's your goal. Won't happen in a day, won't happen in a week, won't happen in a month, won't happen in a year, and it won't happen in a decade. There's nobody who's 20 who's a five-tier leader. There's no one who's beginning their journey who's a five-tier leader. Five-tier leaders have a testimony of decades. But when you find one of them, watch them, listen to them. And learn from them because they are powerful leaders. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. Again, I have roundtables in Toronto, Oakland, and then Grand Rapids, all of those areas coming up. I'd love to get to meet you. So you can go to my webpage, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. You can sign up and look at all our other resources. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.